rising sea levels, extreme weather patterns, extinctions of species. Our planet needs protecting. I'm Adam Vaughan, the Environment Editor for The Times, and this is Planet Hope from The Times, in partnership with Rolex and its Perpetual Planet Initiative. In this podcast, we hear from leading experts from around the world who are committed to finding solutions. These explorers, scientists, entrepreneurs and citizens are committed to a common goal, to protect our home, Earth. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. This is the World in 10 podcast with the Sunday Times assistant news editor Rebecca Myers and me, Toby Gillis. Today we're covering an extremely important exclusive from one of our reporters. We certainly are. That is coming up in a moment. Uh, But we'll also discuss what is a huge development in the world of gaming. And if you're a fan of Queen and Cash Rich, definitely stick around for the full episode. Briefly, yesterday, Alex and Sonnell mentioned on World in 10 a Times investigation that had just been published, a harrowing story uncovered by social affairs editor James Beale, and they told how we'd go into far more depth on it today. And a lot of what we've got to play for you today comes from our sister podcast, Stories of Our Times. So if you're really interested in this story, there are three whole parts to listen to. The first came out today, the second is out Thursday, and it will conclude on Friday. But before we go into this, a warning for you. We are about to discuss the topic of suicide and hear some details. So if you think this may not be for you, uh, totally understood. We have put in the podcast notes the time to scroll to uh, when we'll be starting our next story. So a reminder of what James has discovered. He was investigating a serious issue of suicide at British universities when he spoke to the father of a young man who died, Tom Parfitt. His dad, David, told of how in 2021, Tom took a poison he had ordered off a man in Canada who could easily be found online. Yeah, that's right. It, it led James on a path uh, that ended up with discovering a man called Kenneth Law. He's a chef in Toronto uh, who'd supplied this substance. And as James found out when he went undercover on the phone to Mr Law, posing as a potential customer, this was a huge global issue. How many people have you sent it to in the UK? It will be literally in the hundreds. Now, okay. I don't know if they've all used it, but they've all received it, right? Yeah. Because you haven't come back saying that, oh, I didn't receive it. No complaints whatsoever. People in the UK have died. People in the US have died. People in Canada have died. How many countries do you send this to? Many countries, probably at least a dozen now, right? Since that call, James has discovered the identities of three more British customers of Kenneth Law, all of whom have died in the last 18 months, as well as a 17-year-old American boy, Anthony Jones, who took the substance before running to his mother, shouting, I want to live, only to die shortly afterwards. Yeah, it's some of the most personal and important reporting that I can remember in recent times, frankly, uh, with the audio painting devastating pictures like this moment when James played David Parfit some of that call you just heard and then recorded his response. Hearing the voice of the man who I considered killed my son is hugely difficult but to also hear him talk about having sent hundreds of these packages to the UK and the chances are that many people have 
then taken this substance and many people have died from it. It's probably beyond words for me. If somebody had taken action on him before, my son would still be here today. And I think it's important to say that uncovering a story like this is a huge task and it involves a lot of careful planning to develop it, to make it work. And we spoke to James about his preparation, particularly for that undercover phone call, and at what point he knew he had a huge story on his hands. With Will, the the great producer who worked with me on the story, we kind of gamed it out and I I didn't want to... um sort of be too inquisitive, sort of rumble myself. What we really wanted to do with with the undercover call was get some idea of scale, how long this man had been doing it, who he'd sent it to, and he immediately, fairly um, quickly in the conversation, said he'd sent it to hundreds of people in Britain, and that was a hugely revelatory thing for him to tell us on the phone. And there is a lot more detail on this for you to listen to on Poison. That's the latest investigation on the Stories of Our Times podcast. Rebecca, have you ever played World of Warcraft? Nope. What about Call of Duty? No. (laughs) Have you got Candy Crush on your phone, surely? I don't know. I'm going to let you down. (laughs) Not a gamer at all, but I know that many millions of people are. And whether that's on a computer, a console, like an Xbox, PS, or on a mobile phone, you probably don't think much beyond the game itself. But there has been a mega deal in the pipeline for the company behind those games which is called Activision Blizzard. Yeah, Microsoft wanted to buy them. Everyone's heard of Microsoft. This was a deal worth $68.7 billion. That's just over £55 billion. Um, But for it to go through, it needed agreement from three international bodies. One of them uh, is the UK's Competition and Markets Authority. I think from now on we'll give it its acronym, the CMA. Yes, they've been investigating and looking into this deal for a few months now, looking particularly at whether it is anti-competitive, especially regarding PlayStation, who mainly fight Microsoft's Xbox for that console market share. And there are concerns that Microsoft might make huge games like Call of Duty exclusive to the Xbox. Yeah, uh, what's interesting is they did actually satisfy those worries during the investigation, but the CMA has still today blocked the deal. It looks like it's off. Why? cloud gaming and this is absolutely a new area for me but not a surprise given the amount of games you've played (laughs) exactly not my area of expertise but happily it is for the times business tech editor katie prescott who was on hand to explain to us what is going on so cloud gaming allows you to play using any internet connection in a way that you, you might stream, I don't know, a programme on Netflix, for example. And the CMA is really concerned about cloud gaming because it sees this as the future of the gaming industry, right? They think that it's going to produce a billion pounds worth of revenue in three years' time. Microsoft has massive dominance in the cloud already. They have about 60 to 70% of the market. And so the CMA is saying going forward actually we're not that worried about what might go on between an xbox and a playstation but we are worried about people streaming stuff online well i've learned something new from katie there i have to confess even as a bit of a gamer cloud gaming was new to me Uh, but microsoft interestingly have said that they will appeal the cma's decision today
Rebecca, I think one of my favourite roles at the Times would be history editor. <laughs> and as a sports fan, the incumbent in that role, Jack Blackburn, Jack, I'm coming for your job, uh, has not <laughs> disappointed me today. History and sport together. Get in my eyeballs. Yes, this is sort of your dream story, isn't it, Toby? <laughs> and Jack's story focuses on cricket, specifically what he calls the sports answer to the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, pretty big deal. This is a book uh, by William Epps, which charted the sports genesis in the late 18th century. And it's so rare that not even the British Library owns a copy. Yes, there are thought to be only five copies in the world. And one, owned by a cricket commentator in the UK, is about to go up for sale, where it's expected to fetch £225,000. Yeah, that would make it the most expensive book about cricket ever sold. Uh, by about a hundred grand, by the way, and the previous one is another copy of this book. Uh, I think I'll have two. I think that's one for the Christmas list. <laughs> So, Toby, who is your favourite artist? Oh, Prince. Easy. Easy. There you go. And what memorabilia of his would you have if you could get your hands on it? Oh, either a Raspberry Beret or maybe (laughs) one of those pairs of heels he used to wear. Yes. I'm sure I'd fall over in them, though, probably. There are plenty of rock star heels I I would go for if I could get my hands on them. Anyway, if you're into Freddie Mercury and you fancy something like his waistcoat, perhaps, with hand-painted portraits of his cats, no less, his moustache comb, or even actually I his could do guitar, with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a few thousand pounds, it should be said, then you are in luck because Sotheby's, the famous auction house, are holding six dedicated sales of 1,500 objects from the Queen Frontman's personal collection later on this it's year. It's amazing. They come from Garden Lodge, which is a home that he used to own in Kensington in London. Uh, The head of sales at Sotheby has described the house like a Russian doll, layer upon layer of treasures. And Freddie himself did once say that he wanted to lead the Victorian life surrounded by exquisite clutter. So we'll get to see that exquisite clutter when they go on sale. Yeah, something to look forward to. In the meantime, though, the clutter of this episode is over. (laughs) exquisite as it was thank you so much for joining us and don't forget if you enjoyed the journalism you heard on the podcast you can take out a digital subscription to the times of london hi i'm jane garvey and i'm fee glover off air with jane and fee is going live we are taking to the stage at the amazing crucible theater in sheffield on friday the 31st of may it'll be a night full of surprises we'll have a special guest we'll involve you in the audience and we'll embarrass ourselves you really won't want to miss it well the surprises we don't yet know what's in it so it genuinely is a night of surprises well you've surprised me already uh, it's not just us our live show is part of an exciting new podcast festival called cross wires which is taking place in some really amazing venues across sheffield from the 31st of may to the 2nd of june so other podcasters that you'll be able to see include katie price Catherine ryan romash ranganathan and the original adam buxton but there's also a whole host of free fringe events family shows surprise acts and after parties that jane and i haven't yet been invited to I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Head to crosswires.live for tickets and more information.